Hey, dude. Hey, Greg. 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 <gasps> what, dude? What the hell, man? You can't hear me calling your name? No, man. I got the heavies on. Oh, you got the heavies on? I heard about those things, man. Those those new headphones engineered for metalheads with two frequency ranges and four drivers lets you hear metal the way it's meant to be heard. Oh, dude, can you imagine the nasty breakdowns on those things? Go to heavies.com and get you a pair and make sure and tell them the dude sent you. <laughs> hey, dude. <laughs> What's up, dude? Nothing much, man. Who do we got in today, dude? Fuck, man, we're getting we're getting some big ones, man, and I'm real excited for this one. This is when this is taking it back. The big man himself of metalcore, Brandon from Bleeding Through, and many, many, many other bands. But yo, fuck, this is gonna be a good one. Let's just get into it. I'm fucking ready for this. Let's do it. Let's go. We're getting used to this whole Zoom thing too. We actually did. This is the fourth one, I believe. We did. We actually did Keith from uh, Third on Eighteen Visions the other day. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. yeah we did him on. Uh, I believe it was Monday. That's awesome. All right, give me yeah. one second, guys. Are you guys are up. Right? Yep. Okay. All right. Sorry, I usually do this stuff at my studio, so like doing it at my gym is kind of weird. Um, <laughs> well, I appreciate like, it. Like, portable. That's cool. I know. There we go. Nice. Cool. So how was the interview with uh, Keith? It was really cool, man. Um, Did you ask him why they wrote a song about me? No, I didn't <laughs> even know they did. <laughs> wow. There's a lot of people that think uh, whatever that song was about me. No, I didn't even know they did write a song about you. I guess I should have. I don't know. There's a few things. <laughs> I that... actually don't think it is. It's like more of like a conspiracy. Oh Not yeah. What, what year did it come out? Uh, no, that song was like it came out like a year ago. Oh okay. Oh recently. wow. Interesting. Interesting. I'm but it kind of like talks about like selling out. And oh. I'm like, what's it like to be at forty and writing sellout songs still? <laughs> well damn i was gonna bring it up and i don't know if i should or but i guess we can i was gonna ask if you are even cool with those dudes and what had happened because uh oh i have i have i have no i have no like um i don't it's like there's like this story of uh you know this reporter that always kind of like hammered this like athlete or this race car driver back in like the 70s and there was like this famous quote the reporter goes how do you feel about me just, or how do you, how do you feel about me just, um, you know, badgering you with questions and kind of getting at you and like talking, you know, like talking poorly upon you in the media and this and that. And the race car driver goes, I don't feel anything about you. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like, that's kind of how I feel. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of fun. No. Well, um, I mean, you no, kept going, as, man. Far, as far as I know, everything's cool. I mean, it's, everything's cool with all, you know, I don't yeah. have any bad blood with anybody. That's good, man. Yes. And I mean, I don't know, like, obviously I don't know you personally and I don't know them personally or anything, but that was yeah. so long ago, whatever had happened, 
if anything. Oh, um, oh, and nothing, and nothing even like did happen. Like I, you know, I left 18 visions back in the day because it was just the right thing to do. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, what, what year was that? Like, Oh, that was 2002. Yeah. Cause I saw you in Austin on a rooftop. And I think that was yeah. one of your last shows. Like, uh, that was one of, that was one of the last tours. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, and I, we don't, I was going to get into this, but we can get into it now too. Fuck it. Um, I saw 18 visions back when you, you were in the band still and they're on the mushroom head tour. And this is in Austin, that was Texas. My, that was actually my last tour with them. So, so it was in Austin. And then like, um, <laughs> I, I kind of told the story to Keith sort of, but like nobody was there to see 18 visions. Everyone was there to see mushroom head except yeah. for me and my cousins and stuff. And I don't know if you guys had recognized it or whatnot, but long story short, we got put on the list for the next day in Santa, uh, um, in Houston. And my yeah. cousin was from Houston. So we go to the Houston show and you guys had crashed out at his friend's apartment. And so after oh, yeah. the show, yeah, yeah. After the show, I was young, man. I was probably 15, 16 years old. And it was me and my cousins. And we went to his friend's apartment, hung out with you guys and in the midst of all this, like, I remember, I remember a lot of things. You got all excited and made some killer ass Kool-Aid and we drank some Kool-Aid, <laughs> but you ran down to the trailer and, and it was just us sitting in a circle on the floor in the room. And you're like, check this out. I got a new project I'm working on. And you popped yeah. in this CD and you're like, listen to the heaviness of this breakdown right here. And it was rise. And I was just like, shame <laughs> you're like, I'm leaving this band and I'm starting this band and this is that. And this is what we're going to do. And I was like, fuck this is cool shit yeah. like it was kind of known on that it was kind of known on that tour because we just put out portrait or portrait yeah. was about to come out when i was on that tour and mm-hmm. i know it was just getting like it it kind of was just getting like a, a it was getting a lot of like not hype it wasn't really hype it was just like people were like finding it you know what i mean yeah and they're it's kind of like with bleeding through it was like when we first started it was it was kind of we didn't think anybody was going to fucking like us. Like literally we're like, Oh, we're going to put blast beats and we're going to play with like hardcore bands still. And like, we're going to have like metal leads. Cause all we did was like, I was like, you know, with 18 vision stuff that I was writing, it never really got to be like, really like metal like that, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. But with bleeding through, it was like, dude, like at that time I was listening like at the gates and soil work and lots of shit ton of black metal and all that stuff. And it was like, dude, those bands, I was like, I want to, do this, but like also have like the energy of like hardcore music, right? Like hardcore band. Yeah. Um, so, but we didn't know if anybody would be ready for it. You know what I mean? Like it was, yeah. I, it, you listen to it now and you're like, dude, it's technical, technical wise. Like it's not even technical anymore. It's not yeah. really, but back then it for was. its time it was. Yeah. For its time for it its was time exactly. Crazy. Like, it's primitive know, like now because of how, how things have just gone crazy when it comes to Shit's absurd. aggressive. Yeah, it's, yeah, like, it's crazy. It makes me want to stop playing, not continue playing. It's crazy. Right? <laughs> um, you know, what's funny is I know like some, of the, I know some people that are, uh, we were talking about, or I, was, I was at the suicide silence show in LA for that chaos and carnage tour. And I remember like being out back and I was talking to some of the guys on suicide and they were like, dude, Lorna shore is basically like if bleeding through started now. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? You're probably <laughs> right. Because like, if you like equate it to like how extreme we were 20 years ago and like right. how extreme that band is now, it probably would have been us. 
Yeah, yes, I, I, I can I can see the comparison for sure. I can yeah. agree too. I mean, they're they're on another level scope of things. I mean, they've been, been around different. for a long time, but they, they have really blew up with that with the new singer and that that to the Hellfire EP or well, whatever. Yeah. Was. They think, really blew up. I think a lot of the producers and engineers are more uh, liking to heavy sound or you know for certain parts that they can work it. Agreed. Yeah. yeah, you know what's you know what's weird about that band too. Where I was bleeding through got this a lot in the beginning. People didn't know if we could like play our shit live with keyboards and how how it was going to sound. And I remember like you know this last time. Well, I saw Lorna Shore in Texas like a couple weeks ago, but that was like outdoors. You can yeah. literally everybody just sounded like crap. the festival feeling. And so what? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, they didn't sound like crap, but it's just it's outdoors. It's like. You're either going to be a band like Hatebreed, where you excel in outdoor fucking festivals because it's like, yeah, the, like the right BPM. You know what I mean? Right. Or you're going to be a band like Lorna Shore, where like outside, where those blast beats literally sound just it's like one constant like sound. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's all muddy so, and yeah. So when I saw them at that show, I remember just like talking to people just uh, at the show that day. They're like, "Man, we really want to see if Lorna Shore can pull it live." And I'm like, "Yeah, I mean, fuck, I want to see it too," because like on record, it's it's so fantastical that you're like, there's no fucking way. Right. And honestly, they were better live. Yeah. Like I've, I've heard that same thing. I could not believe it. And I was watching with some friends and I'm like, I haven't been blown away by a band in like fucking years, man. Like, and mom, this is their fucking moment. Like literally after this tour, they will be bigger than all of these bands. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like if they're, if they did that tour right now, Lorna Shore might have to be a co-headliner of suicide Silence because they were, it was just their moment, but yeah, you know, I'm not going to say anything bad about any of the bands because that Times was the clear headliner and they brought it. It was one of the best shows I've ever seen from them. And I think the best thing for that band is having a band like Lorna Shore on tour with you. So you see this band fucking, yeah. holy fuck. Now we got to fucking play harder, play like you really know. go for it. I and mean, you could tell they were too. Like, that's dope. It's at a different uh, uh, scale level with the audience members and stuff. But uh, I mean, I booked you guys uh, in 2002 and you were jumping on with Norma Jean and Every Time I Die. Yeah. You know, like that's it was a its own little thing at the moment. And, and you were on it. You know, they're kind of doing yeah. that at a different scale, you know. Totally. And that's and that's what it is, man. And it's like, you know, a lot of bands don't really get that moment. Right. Yeah. But, you know, you had that like moment like I was seriously just talking about this is like when i do my classes on saturday there's a lot of people that don't go to my gym that just kind of come in and do the class and they could be fans of the, like the music or whatever and like so yeah. i was just talking to somebody and they were like yeah man like i saw you in like oh four ozfest yeah. i'm like dude that was kind of like our moment like yeah. we yeah you know what i mean and everybody kind of like felt it you and know? that it was just a cool was that the year ozzy played on the side stage yeah it was no, no, no. Ozzy? ozzy played on the side stage oh six. six yeah yeah okay uh wow. slipknot was the second stage oh okay which was fucking sick i remember well i mean everybody has i guess their own slipknot stories but i saw them in in it was ozfest 99 and they're opening on the small stage yeah. at like yeah. noon that was so fucking <laughs> rad man that was real cool they um, bring it they really do, man, and, and I've I haven't seen them in years, but I hear they still bring it. Like, yeah, no problem. There's today. very little bands that put themselves out there where you're like outrageous, where you're wearing costumes and, or makeup or whatever that are fucking hater proof. You can't hate on Slipknot. People have tried, you just can't do it. They're a fucking immovable force that just keeps moving forward. 
I agree. Exactly. And whether it's corny or not, you just you literally can't even like hate on. I agree, and I, I think it's great for like the the scene and the genre to, yeah. to have a, a, a giant like that still lurking yeah. around and moving around because you know they still, they still take smaller bands on tour and they're still current exactly, with the bands they like. Yeah. Exactly. Those dudes are in the know with what's like going on right now. Yes, I agree. I agree. Very cool. So you'll probably see a Lorna Shore slip on tour soon, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe bleeding through. Oh, I wish. I wish that's that 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 ship I think has sailed. That would have happened years ago. Yeah. Uh, did you ever play with Slipknot? Uh, no? We did Ozfest, and then we did like maybe two off day shows, but we've never really done anything with Slipknot. They never yeah. really. Uh, we, I mean, we've been very blessed, fortunate to be offered incredible tours, yeah. but they never offered us one. Well, I've seen you on some there's two really... bands that never offered us tours that we're friends with. Actually, uh... three bands that we're friends with that never offered us tours, and that's Slipknot, Kill Switch, and Lamb of God. But I can call any member from those bands exactly. right now. <laughs> but we've never been offered that. You know what I mean? And it's okay. It's okay. Uh, well, I mean, you would know more than I would, but I don't know if that's something that would be in their hands or not. I'm sure they have some sort of say you know, in that. They would have a lot to. Of it is, a lot of it is. A lot of, a lot of decisions are made with bands even like knowing about it or the, mm -hmm. the tour is already like predestined where it's like everybody on the tour is either on the same label or shares booking agents yep. or shit. It's politics. So Same I mean, sponsors. Was yeah, I saw that on Sound G Underground because I I did merch for a Life Once Lost. Yeah, and you know I mean that's when I first saw um, venue um, you know percentages from their merch. Even though you sold oh, like yeah. twenty dollars, you know they still took that two dollars. Like it was Dude, it was crazy. We did that. We did a summer tour with uh, Marilyn Manson and Slayer, which that's is what again, I, what big blessed with the offer that we got. Yeah, <laughs> we were selling shirts for like fifty five bucks. And I'm like, dude, this is insane. Like, it, totally insane. It is I'm because like, a fan like and myself, then they're taking like 40 percent vendor yeah. there. It's crazy. It is crazy because you got a fan like well, no offense to you guys, but a fan like myself who loves bleeding through and has seen you tons of times, I wouldn't pay that much for a shirt because I'd wait for you guys to come yeah. back and go to the yeah. White Rabbit and and get it for yeah. thirty bucks or twenty bucks. Like and something. honestly, if we would have saw you buy that shirt, we would have been like kind of disappointed in you. <laughs> but also like i didn't want like when we walked around the venues it's kind of funny like just a little sidebar of this like tour we we were allowed to bring two shirts right so one of the shirts said i don't give a fuck on the back and one of the shirts had nothing on the back after the first day sales it was like 170 i don't give a fuck and like two of the other ones <laughs> so we sent the other ones to screen printers and put fuck you forever on the back and then it was equal sales of both shirts. Go. And it yeah. just kind of shows you the type of people that were at those shows. Yeah. Like, oh my God, fuck's on that shirt. I'm buying that shirt. Yeah. And like those are like, I'm gonna wear that to fucking Disneyland. Like shit like that. You know yes. what I mean? Like that's the type of people. But it was one of those things where like, um, dude, like that tour was just so bizarre. Like, and when we would walk around the venues, if we saw kind of people, you know, like you kind of identify with like hardcore kids or metal. You, you know, yeah, which people are like which people, kind right. of. If you're in the scene, the little nuances. And if we saw like people like that were more like us from like the hardcore underground world wearing one of those new shirts that they just bought, I was like, fuck, I felt so, I felt like embarrassed. <laughs> Like, but we had no choice. We had to sell for that much. You know what I mean? Of but course. at least that brought them to the next show. You know, they would have had to be. 
So but what I, I mean, when, when I saw when I saw dudes that like we've seen at other shows, yeah, having to buy the higher price shirt, yeah, right. that's what bummed out. I'm like, fuck. I would have felt bad for him too. Everything about. No, yeah, you know? I get you. But if it was like some dude, if it was like some dude in a pair of like affliction jeans, like wearing like a fuck you forever shirt, and like, <laughs> I don't know, clearly guy, just saw us for the first time. <laughs> cool. That guy's out there. <laughs> he's still out there. <laughs> he still wears his affliction jeans and still wears his fuck you forever shirt too. Yeah. So that's probably. cool. Kudos to him. That's yeah. cool, man. <laughs> oh, badass, badass. So, um. I don't know, man. We don't we don't really have like a script or like a, a bunch of stuff. It just kind of goes wherever. I want to kind of br- brush on a few things actually. Um in no particular order. First off, the new song's killer. I'm sure you, there's man. more to come as far as there is. I, I know y'all recorded a full length. Um tell us a little bit what you can at least about some of that stuff. Oh, so like this kind of writing approach is a little bit different. Um uh, I wrote basically over the last like, year, like myself and our producer, Mick Kinney wrote like about 14, 15 songs. And they're like, the bones are there and they're still there. Um, and then Mick produced and mixed uh, the first batch, the first three songs. One of them is rage. And uh, there's two more songs coming out. I think in a few weeks, we're going to drop the rest of the EP. So it's going to be like a three song EP. Um, so I think that's in a couple of weeks. And then, then I have all these other songs that are kind of out there that are like the bones of the songs that are written and stuff. Um, but they're not like finished. Yeah. And so I'm going to take another batch of three songs to a different producer. Cause oh, cool. the thing is Mick and I used to work. I've always worked pretty much exclusively together. Um, but he is kind of retiring from producing. He, he has a, a music it's not a project anymore, but it's called court hell. Mm-hmm. Is K O R D H E L L, and he started it out of a year ago, and it's fucking blowing the fuck up. Yeah. And so basically, Good for him, he was just like, dude, like I just don't have time to produce and write and like mix and write anymore. And he's been talking about getting out of like the metal world for a while with that. Yeah. Um, so, but also it gives us an opportunity to go work with other producers. Yeah. So I have the songs all written, but now it's like I'm now I'm going to take like once this EP is out, breathes a little bit. Um, I think I'm going to, we'll probably release like, like we have a couple covers that we want to release. Yeah. I'm going to want to, I'm going to redo a few like older songs Very cool. um, and then we're going to scatter those around and then I'll take another block of three songs and we'll find a different producer to, uh, post, post, post produce and mix and all that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be so releasing I'm, it all. I'm basically just going to shit out music for the next like three years. And you're Good. releasing it all on your own. Like, um, our uh, no, talking- sharp, sharp tones behind it. Okay. Still, they're going to be behind all of it. Um, they're pretty much the raddest label, man. Like, I mean, their lineup, their lineup is great, but just the way that they are, like, they they understand that, like, we're in our (laughs) forties, and we all have like full time careers, not just jobs, like careers outside of the band. So they're not hitting us up, going, you know what, man, Polaris is going on tour and they need support. (laughs) Everyone do seven. He's like, there's none of that. You know what I mean? Like. They're That's just awesome. like, dude, I, and you know, I tell them the idea of I want to do EPs, and I don't really. And then, like after about, you know, a year and a half of having like three EPs, then then we'll put together like vinyl. You know what I mean? Yeah, we'll do yeah. something collectible, guys. And then with a couple extra songs exclusive to that. But that's kind of the way we're gonna like 
release music going forward. I, I love seeing that though. It's still kind of the old way of how you, when you were on tour in the van, you know, bringing yeah. the vinyls, bringing the CDs, yeah. the tapes and, you know, we're like still, we still always having we, to come back that we always want to have some sort of physical copy of something, even with the new EP, um, we're trying to get like, we're probably going to do like seven inches with that, which is going to be fuck, like a bleeding through seven inches. Like, I yeah, never thought exactly. Like, That's you know cool. I mean? like, I never, but in sharp tones behind it, they're just so cool with like whatever the fucking idea we have. Yeah. And I think that they're so like, they walk a really good line with what's like trendy hype and what's like kind of like underground, like, working right now because they, their lineup is kind of in all the realms For sure. but uh but that's how we're going to release music uh i have a lot of people that are going to be singing on songs i don't want to give it up but yeah uh, a lot cool. of people that are going to be singing on all the songs pretty much almost every song going forward is going to have like a guest vocal from somebody so that's cool man yeah. are you excited yeah. for that i'm fucking pumped man like honestly like this, these songs mean a little bit more to me personally. And I, I, I know Marta was saying that it means a lot to her as well, because mm. we didn't know we were going to fucking do this, man. Yeah, like yeah. when the pandemic hit, like we just like actually started getting like our regular shows and started being a real band and that hit. And we're like, fuck, okay, we're, here we go. We're done again. Yeah. And it was just one of those things. We're getting older, you know, it's just one of those things where, I didn't know if I'd ever play. And it was like putting me into like this deep depression. And then for sure. uh, that's why these songs like coming out, it's, it meant more this time around. I don't, I, I don't know how to describe it, but like when we were on stage in Texas playing, I was like so emotional and I'm like, this is like, I'm a pretty emotional guy as is. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm a fucking emotional person. So I could speak for me and him. We're criers. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so like, I am like, you know, I'm Italian, so like I'm a I'm a crier. I'm like I gotta yeah, exactly. So like, yeah. but getting on stage, just just appreciating being there, it was a different perspective than I I think that like I felt like off the last record level kill all. Like I had a similar type of feeling, but this was just like, fuck, I needed yeah. this. Yes, you real now like realizing like we as musicians like that gave like our life away from that for Mm -hmm. and like touring back then isn't like touring now like exactly we were like sleeping in truck stops eating out of trash cans and shit like that like what we went through to and then to be doing it 20 plus years is fuck man like it restores faith in like moving forward in life you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like mentality wise confidence wise what that did what these songs have done for like us has been like you know it's, it's like a a breath of fresh air yeah really it's like it's like another life because and, the two industries that i'm part of the, the music industry and the fitness industry right because of the pandemic were wiped out so it's like what the fuck am i and i was depressed <laughs> yeah. as shit man i was struggling yeah. hard mentally i've all i'm bipolar i've been bipolar i mean known it for a long time but this last couple of years has been the most mentally taxing times of my life yeah, so sure. to write these songs and I feel like they're purely like us yeah. as a band. We're not trying to out tech anybody, out shred anybody. It's just straightforward. This is us. Like all the elements and in, in a I feel like a more like listener friendly, you know, kind of like setting. Like, but it's just it's good to, it's just good to be doing it. And that's why when we kicked off, like we're talking about like 18 visions and this and that. Man, I don't got time for beef. Of course, exactly. Like, man. When people, 
and and whether I know or think or whatever that song was maybe somewhat about me you, it's just like one of those things where I don't got time for that like I got my my health my fucking mental state of mind the people I love around me my businesses my inner circle I got that to worry about of you know course. what I mean yeah, I mean, and your stamp, your stamp was on there. Music beat, dude. Like, no, yeah, man. Just, I mean, but so, you are a part of the, you know, eighteen visions. I mean, you did six records with them, dude. So, like, you're always gonna, you know, have that, regardless. You know, I mean, you're obviously you're sending out really positive, you know, an avenue of that for people yeah. to to do it and that's great man that's what, yeah it's what it has to be in my mind it has to be like yeah our music is very dark and very mm-hmm. the lyrics are very straightforward and dark and you you kind of get a sense of like what these fucking songs are about right and it's like but if we're going to move forward like it was refreshing to be at so what and see like kind of like it was refreshing because it's like to move forward though we need to be accepting and met and positive with each other and mm-hmm. that festival was great it was so diverse which was yeah. the best thing there's a it was lot like, of different artists on there man dude, like, but it was even like the people there at the festival okay was, attendees yeah yeah it was well we're all ready for stuff like that. rave and i would have believed you you know what i mean like it just with every everybody's vibe is very different eclectic but together right well, when you guys went and to like, europe it was was it like that like Europe's always been like that festival wise yeah. forever, but there's it's something different. about like the vibe that I got in Texas where I'm like, dude, like this is more accepting than it's ever been. Right. It's just, and it felt fucking great. <laughs> it felt awesome. awesome. Like just, you know, you're seeing bands where like, where it's like gender, gender neutral fucking like hourly. It's just, there's so many different like accepting qualities and different qualities, but accepting like people are accepting it. And now it's in bands. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking rap. Like, yeah, I love seeing how many girls were in bands now. Yes. Like there's, I mean, it's, it makes me fucking happy. Like bands like spirit box and like, yes. uh, you know, just killing it. It's no, like, yeah, it's no. Right? Destroying the stages. Yeah. Dying wish is fucking killer. Like all these bands. And it's like, Marta's walking around this festival going like, dude, like see all the girls in these bands. I'm like, I know. I'm like, you fucking did that. Whether they know it's you, but you are the one that fucking did this. And I want you to know that because she's yeah. never given herself credit for anything. That's and, awesome, man. That's, no, because yeah. we have daughters, you know, and so we try yeah. to influence them on on like how what they're capable of doing while they're growing. Because yes. you know, and and that's exactly how you do it. Like you saw yeah. that, right? That's what you did. You know, and, and I, it was like it was important for me to let her know that too. i felt like it was important and i'm kind of like walking around that that festival and like you know there's dudes wearing makeup and like you know dudes that are like there's trans and it just whatever the fuck is all out there yeah and i'm just like i hope that i kind of like no one really said it but like i thought to myself okay we were so different when we and yeah. now you think about we weren't but we were different back then like I was, I wore makeup every day for fucking six years. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like I worked out and wore makeup (laughs) at the same time. That's the funny part. So it was like, but it was like one of those things where I looked around, I'm like, I hope that we in some little shape, some little like sliver had something to do with 
these people feeling like it's okay to just purely be themselves. Exactly. You I know? think you did, man. Oh, yeah, for sure. Thanks. I agree. I agree, man. I mean, especially I mean, here in San Antonio. In, no, know? for sure. Yeah. No, I think the scene in general had a lot to do with that. And like with you guys being at the top of the scene and, and being some of the ones that made it okay to to do whatever it is that you want to do, whether it be makeup or wear super yeah. skinny pants or yeah. not, or whatever the case was, not you, but someone in general, and still kick ass and be themselves. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I think that's awesome, man. And and I can agree with what you said for sure. Yeah. It's just it's it's good to just be like and I feel like that's just what music needs to be moving forward. And, and I've been going to, I've been trying to make an effort to go to like more shows and stuff. And I'm like, dude, it's inspiring right now, which is awesome. I was so burnt out and jaded, right? I never wanted to go to fucking anything. Yeah. 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 Like, oh, it's the same shit. You know, but now it's like, dude, I'm like trying to draw inspiration from, from bands and, and people. And I yep. did that for level all just to kind of like get my band going, but it's kind of funny sidebar, but cool story going back to, so what? I'm watching Knocked Loose play, and yeah. uh, they're just crushing. And uh, the so series on stage, <laughs> they're so rad, right? Yeah, they're so, like, so good. Um, so the singer gets on off stage, and I'm like, "Dude, good show." He's like, "Oh my god, you're Brandon from Bleeding Through," and I'm like, "Yeah, man." He's like, "I'm Brian." I'm like, "I know." And he's like, "You know?" <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> "I fucking love your band." And you know, we chit chatted for a second. And then we watched the Ghost Inside, and I went up to him like, "Hey, man, I want you to know something. Like, you." You said to me like earlier, like my band was like inspiration for you to fucking start your band and all that kind of stuff. And that means a lot to me, but I'm like, I want you to know when I was trying to get back on the horse and fucking write, write music and get into this again, like listening to your band is one of the things that fucking kicked me in the ass and fucking got me moving. And like, like it was like hearing a new, new blood play that shit. I'm like, this is like disembodied, but fucking 20 years after. Yeah. Like, so good and it's like you could tell they did their homework you know yes, what i mean yes. like these younger bands don't really do their homework you could tell this band did it and i told him like that's what inspired me to fucking play better play more like yeah. still be there and and he was like whoa thanks man and i'm like fuck so that's the kind of shit that like i'm drawing inspiration from like those connections with people and it does feel like it is connecting in a way that it hasn't really connected in a long time yeah yeah you know no. I agree. And you said it best about them doing their homework and it shows. And they're one of the bands that, um, I mean, there's a lot of really good bands out there nowadays, but they're one of the ones that stood out to me, not only because it reminded me of stuff when I was younger, but like how you yeah. said, it shows like they, whether if they did anything on, or not, but it, it definitely sounds like they studied, they, they drew inspiration or whatever you want to call it. And I would not call yeah. it anything of a ripoff because they are definitely doing their own like modern twist on it too. Yeah. But oh, it's, totally. it's badass to hear. Like it's, it's strange how going back to something like that is like almost a fresh breath of air because it reminds me very reminiscent of the early 2000 stuff that was coming out at that totally. time. But it's so cool to hear that now, 20 years later and somebody killing it and doing it right too. That's what's, and, that's yeah. what's cool. I think it goes back to like um, confirming how the hardcore scene was always a community, you know, like, uh, Oh yeah, absolutely. We always talk about that on this, on this podcast and, and it, to that. It, feel, it just feels like it again. Exactly. And it's like, whether people think that we're even part of that scene still, I, it's like, I think we are like, I yeah. think it's just a broader, it's, it's a broad spectrum. Like whatever band, identifies a little bit with the hardcore scene is a hardcore band we've yeah. always done you know what i mean 
Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. That's one thing we talk about a lot too, is like, um, I, I, I personally, I miss a lot of things when I say like the scene, I'm talking about that, that era, that early two thousands. Cause for me, that's, that was like the pinnacle of it. I think, um, up to the mid two thousands, yeah. but I miss a lot of things. But one of the things is that, 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 that camaraderie, that familyhood, like that brotherhood that yeah. it's like, Hey, we're all here. We're in this together. Like we're all the same. You know what I mean? We're all here to have fun. You're going to get your, you might get your head bashed in, but we're going to pick you up and it's all in good fun. And, and then yeah. afterwards we'll hug each other and then like, we'll sweat yeah. on each other and, and scream into the mics or whatever. You know what I mean? I, I, I miss yeah. that stuff because it's still there, but it's when I go to shows and I don't know if it's because I'm pushing 42, but like it, it just feels different. It doesn't feel the same. I don't know what it is. I don't know how to describe it, but I feel like that. It's called being, just... it's called being 42 because I'm pushing 42. <laughs> well, Yo, when you I go there, so. you're like half of these people could be like my children. Like yep. you're like, or, you know, I mean, it's like, or all of them. I usually find myself by this mixer, man, you know, just hanging out back there by the sound guy and listening like that. There's just people watching. That's usually my, my go-to spot now is, is kind of back. It used to be right up front, but let's do a band. You want to listen by the soundboard. That's the best sound in the room. Yes. 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 Um, not trying to speed it up. I got about like 10 more minutes. Okay. Yeah. Man. We'll make it quick, man. I appreciate you. At least, uh, I us reach talk a lot, man. I'm sorry. Dude. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. Well, I mean, we can make it quick. No worries. Um, That's really what the podcast uh, no is, man. Like the podcast helps uh, yeah. make people remember what was in the scene before, you know? Yeah. And that's our, our little goal. Very that's cool. cool yeah. And it's just a conversation, right? But exactly. Yeah. And I mean, like he was saying, that's kind of like what we do is we made it for like some of the stuff that's happened around San Antonio. And because Greg was a big part of San Antonio, man, he was in a pretty decently well-known band in that early 2000s hardcore era and, you know, made a big following, at least in Texas and around other states and stuff, too. But um, we're just trying to share our stories and give it back, man. Yeah, I was telling you. Did you ever play the White Rabbit with us? Did you ever play with us? Well, yeah, I booked you guys uh, at Sin Thirteen. It was, um, it was, <laughs> and you stayed at the house. Wow, yeah, that's a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. you stayed at the house, and um, yeah. Um, oh I, shit! I, I remember um, you guys were. I called it exercising, and you were like, "Oh, you were laughing because that's not what they called it in Cali, you know." And and uh, but you guys were <laughs> up early. It was like seven yeah, in the I morning. You know, they were just exercising in the living room and doing pull-ups in the doorways. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of funny. I guess we could talk about that real quick, man. You said you're at rise above Um, when, when not did the gym start, but what got you into training? And then like, you just, it just became a lifestyle afterwards or was it? it, It's kind of like this. Like, so I grew up playing sports. Right. And so like Mm -hmm. working out was like part of sports. So like, um, And it kind of just gave, that was like the, one of the parts of it that I always knew that I really liked, whereas a lot of people didn't really like the working out aspect to play the sport. They just like playing sport. I liked the, like the, the, the journey there. I liked working, like working hard and seeing how it translated on the field or whatever the fuck. Yeah. So I always kind of just was a gym person. Okay. Um, uh, and then I just felt mentality wise, if I was going to go on stage and do what I do, 
I needed to be in the best shape that I could possibly be in because I don't want to be one of those singers or people on stage that looks like, Oh, who invited your uncle to come play. Like to me, it was like, when you go see a band play, you want that fucking energy and like, you want to feel it. Like I always like kind of looked up to like Henry Rollins. And I'm like, dude, that's the dude, right? Yeah. Like he just kind of like has like that vibe. So it was always part of it. And I always felt like, I, it wasn't until later in life I realized it was like it helped me mentally mm-hmm. uh, taking that time for myself and doing something positive like that. Um, and that's really what it is uh, for me, like more now. But it really is like I would not be able to do music without fitness. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would not have been able to do what I did or am still doing without, you know, taking care of myself and and, right. and getting in a routine. I'm a big like routine person. So, exactly. um, and I kind of realized that I had kind of had like a weird natural calling towards it. It was uh, about 2008. I was on tour and I just started like really bringing more weights on tour and just doing like parking lot workouts just with people in the, like people yeah. in my band and the crew. But then I noticed that other people from other bands would kind of join it and you would see these people like you would see their bodies change on tour. And I was like talking nutrition with them and they were there like every day at eight o'clock. And, you know, it was like, wow, these people are making an effort. And they're saying like, dude, like, thank you for helping me. Like, I feel so much better. And I can do mm-hmm. this and like, blah, 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 blah. It was all like that kind of shit. And then I'm like realizing like, and then I would, then all of a sudden we would go on tour and then I would get like emails or text messages from people in bands that were like, Hey, we heard that you do like parking lot workouts. Like, can we get like involved? And it was like, like literally like Adam from Oceano, like, uh, yeah, man. Facebook me and was like, dude, do you still do parking workouts? Can I work out with you every day? And I'm like, absolutely, right? Hell yeah, like, that's that was badass. Kind of going on. So I'm like, I, I kind of was like, I'm gonna open my. This is a culture. Like I'm, I feel like I'm building a different kind of fitness culture, like for people more like me. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't really like going to like a 24 hour fitness and like going to like some meathead gym and like, okay, here I am, the fucking creepy weirdo. But like. And also getting information about fitness from people like me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that aren't just like your typical like fitness person. So I was like, I'm going to build a gym culture the same way I built a band. And that's kind of like what I did. Yeah. Metal, <laughs> dude. I like it. That's and then, metal. you know, 11 years later, I still have this fucking gym. Exactly. And it's yeah. doing well, I assume, because you're still going 11 years yeah. strong. Yeah. I mean, we just, you know, I, I have great we still have great expectations for it um and i still want to work towards something uh to build a little bit more but i mean i could if if someone told me i could just do this every day and have you right here i'm i'm solid man that's cool yeah it's it's good it's definitely on track to that man i see that yeah coming (laughs) out man yeah i got one last thing like i said i know you got you got a few minutes um uh, briefly we could talk about um i want to talk about some of the other bands or at least are you doing anything other than bleeding through um yeah specifically i guess for me personally i don't know about anybody else but like are, are some of the older projects ever going to maybe come back like the i am war stuff or the uh, iron sun stuff or is that just all a one-time shot anything, i mean iron sun was going on? iron sun was supposed to be um I always kind of knew like bleeding through was going to like kind of come back. We always had to like sort through some shit for a few years. Like all of us, we all needed mm-hmm. to find the next thing for us. And, uh, the iron sun was more like, 
I was going to keep doing that record, keep doing those records uh, and keep writing. But then like bleeding through came back and I kind of realized like, shit, this takes up like a shit ton of my, there's yeah. no way I can do two bands right now. Right. Yeah. And a gym and all this shit. So the Ironson got kind of put on the back burner. Right. And that's a band that I did with Nick. Um, but once bleeding through goes through these like couple year cycle of songs and shit like that, I'm going to put out uh, some more Ironson stuff, but it's going to be, it'll be, musically kind of a change okay um just just because my idea with the iron sun was like one it's weird but one record i wanted to be like how it is the next record i wanted to be like almost different every record like radically different wow. that's how i want to be so um but i do have intentions to do that as far as i'm war shit i mean i don't even know if alex is still wanting to ever <laughs> speak the microphone again right so yeah, yeah. But I talk to Alex all the time. I mean, we still keep in good touch with each other. We're still really good friends. And I mean, fuck. I don't really think <laughs> about it, but he's not doing anything. So maybe he will do it. That would be there awesome, you go. man. You, do yeah. you still play guitar? Yeah. I mean, I still wrote most of the new Bleeding Through stuff. Yeah. I remember you, I caught on you saying that. I just wasn't sure if you still yeah. jam out on guitar or not. Like I, on- I don't really, I don't really like sit down at night and like jam anymore. It's yeah. more like, okay, I got songs. Here's the fucking fence. I guess I start to play. That's but like cool. I still love it. I never wanted to be a singer anyway. I wanted to play guitar, man. Like yeah. fuck being a singer. <laughs> like it's the best. It's the best. It's the best, but it's also the fucking worst. Like it, for real. Like Very it's cool. just yeah. like a, when you're playing an instrument, you can get in your own little fucking bubble no matter what headspace you're in and jam away and be like, exactly. all right, that was a great show. But like when you're a singer, you fucking feel every fucking yes. like moment of a show. And if it's awkward, bro. It is, and I was straight edge when we toured all the time, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And I, but one of my popular sayings, one of my sayings that I started saying like towards the like last couple of years of touring, when there was like, it was clearly going to be kind of like a buzz saw, like a show, like a bum out. I'd be like, man, if I drank, I would get fucked up right now. <laughs> like, so, like, and it was one of those things, though, but like, I felt every victory, I felt every defeat purely, you know? Yeah. But now it's a little bit different. Like I'll have like a little bit of a drink before I go on stage, and it definitely like loosens me up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So, so obviously you're not straight edge anymore, then. No, I'm not. I'm a okay. daily weed smoker. Hey, man. Yeah. They call that Cali sober, don't they? It is, man. I hard pressed <laughs> to find someone that's not stoned all the time. <laughs> I just yeah. I, when you were messaging me before, I was visiting my dad in Colorado, and I mean, I didn't go up there for that, but that I'm we're from Texas, so it's definitely yeah. not legal but um that was my first time being in a legal state and it was interesting to say the very least like it was it was pretty neat um, yeah we, little side story kind of similar we have friends that uh came and stayed with us and they're from salt lake city and this was like four oh, years yeah. ago right ventures came around here uh-huh. and we took them to one and they were just like what is this <laughs> yes like, how much marijuana is here like <laughs> too yeah. much too much too i've much. been an avid marijuana smoker for a while and that was like the thing that i left saying colorado there's too much marijuana in this state mm-hmm. like we were in a small little pocket and i couldn't even imagine being in like a major like denver kind of thing or something it was it was just oh, yeah. too much man too much yeah too much. Cool. all right well dude yeah, i know you gotta run California used to be, uh, everyone used to take, everyone used to pop Xanax in California. And I think we took that away from people, which is good. Yes. Yeah. That's a good thing. That's what I was it's tough that's living. Awesome. It's expensive. We have to work our asses off and it's just fucked up. So, oh, man, those pharmaceuticals, if you, if you don't do them right, they'll really take a toll on you. 
I yeah, don't know. Hard. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to end the conversation on that though. But no, I will. No. Just like, um, well, okay. Yeah. Well, we'll end it on this. You guys just announced recently you're doing this kick-ass tour, the Tattoo the. That is just one. Show. Oh, it's a show. I'm I sorry. Wish no, it, it was a tour. No, it, it was a tour in the 2000s, Tattoo yeah. the Earth. But this is a now tattoo they're just world. back as a couple one-off shows. Okay. I believe. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. But dude, how about that lineup though? Like at the gates, like, come on. Let's I go. know. I know. Like we've never played with them. I they are like top five favorite band for me. They're probably they are a reason why Bleeding Through is even a band. So yes. It's kind of re- cool. <laughs> they're a reason why they are. I tell people all the time. People are like, oh, you invented metalcore. And I'm like, no, no we did not. In Flames, At the Gates, and Soilwork invented metalcore because those are the bands yeah. that people were trying to rip off. Yes, I agree. And I I didn't I didn't listen to them until like years afterwards. And I went back to it and I was like, oh, this this is why everyone gives them all the, the props and the kudos, because it makes so much yeah. more sense now. So yeah. no, that's badass, man. That's super, super cool. Um, but you can't call those bands metalcore because they weren't. It's like core. No. Corn invented new metal. Yep. All new metal was was bands trying to be corn, right? Exactly, right. and be more commercial. And but you, I would not, I would would put them in that category. So, yeah. Well, I mean, anyway. no, I don't think. You, well, I, it's hard to say you could be labeled in the category you created. So I don't know. Yeah, you're the founders of it. There you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That works. <laughs> Kick ass. Well, man, I really, really, yeah, really man, appreciate you, you taking the time to do this. I know you're super yeah. busy with everything you got going on. Thanks um, for the conversation. Appreciate it. No, no, it's been a blast. Um, Many more to come, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Looking forward to the new stuff. Hopefully, yeah. After uh, the new stuff, let's do this again. We'll talk about those I'd, songs. I'd love to, man. And hopefully, if you guys come near Texas, I'll I'll try to make a trek. If it's not in San Antonio, we'll go see you because it's been for sure, man. Been itching for a good good show. So uh, a good yeah. reminiscence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool as hell. Appreciate yeah, for it, sure. Man. All right. Well, again, I appreciate it. Have a good day, and thanks, brother. Thank you, brother. Yeah.